This is Joan Boney speaking. Sunday morning, hundreds of thousands of people will attend church and they will partake of a bit of cracker and a little grape juice and they will call this the Lord's Supper. They will then say they took communion. At one point in my life, I played bridge and I was playing that day with my partner who was a man we got to the bridge table where a woman was talking very proudly about having taken communion that morning at her church group and then she went on to speak about the color of her underwear I was astounded and horrified and terribly embarrassed. She said proudly she had partaken of communion just that morning, and she comes away and tells a man the color of her underwear. The communion of crackers and grape juice did no good whatsoever with this woman. She would have been better off to have abided by the scripture, avoid the appearance of evil. That would have some power. The truth of the matter is crackers and grape juice are something instituted by human beings through fleshly eyes and have no power whatsoever. Whereas partaking of the word of God is really eating the body of Jesus and drinking the blood of Jesus. And it has great power. The Lord's Supper is the partaking of the Word of God. Every time we read the Bible, every time we hear a word from God, every time we hear a godly message, we are partaking of the Lord's Supper, the supper he has provided for you and for me with his own body and his own blood. I want you to look at John chapter 6, please. Begin at verse 30. They said to Jesus, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you that Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth his life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. Jesus the word said unto them, I the word am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, 
and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Verse 47, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Jesus, the word, is that bread of life. Verse 49, Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Verse 53, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life. And I will raise him up in the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink in thee. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Any time God gives us a word, any time the Holy Spirit electrifies us with a scripture, and we do that scripture and we do that word, Jesus dwells in us by the word and we dwell dwell in him. Verse 57, Jesus says, As the living Father hath sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. We live by that word from God, by that scripture that we apply to our lives in an appropriate way. John six fifty eight. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. When Jesus spoke these words, it caused an uproar in the synagogue. They were very offended by these words. And Jesus said, Does this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? John six sixty three. It is the Spirit that quickeneth, that maketh alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit quickens, makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. 
people do all manner of things today, religious things by the flesh. They cross themselves. I see football players do this all the time. They come out to kick a field goal. They cross themselves. This is not in the Bible that we should cross ourselves. It has no basis in Bible. It is something like a superstition that man has made up to bring him luck, to cause him to make the field go, to cause him to do something of himself to win. Jesus says the flesh profiteth nothing. Even though I'm a football viewer, I know very well that it means basically nothing, though it seems to mean a great deal. It's really sort of like Christmas, which is not in the Bible either. It's an idol, an idol. But Christmas is a religious idol, and that's where the great evil is because it's something made up of of man to seem religious. Easter is the same thing. Lent, which the Catholics do, is even worse because it is some type of personal sacrifice that you do to seem worthy or to make yourself worthy when the only sacrifice in the New Testament for us is Jesus Christ. We are worthy through what Jesus Christ did. Therefore, these religious things that become idols are very evil. Man has made them up thinking he does well, but he added to the Bible, and the flesh profits nothing, says Jesus. It is the Spirit of God that quickeneth us, makes us alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The Apostle Paul said, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. If you can find things like Christmas in the Bible, do them. Look up Christmas sometime in your Bible. See if you can find it. It is not there. The word Easter is there one time in the New Testament, but technically Easter means Passover. After Easter, Herod was going to kill Peter. It was his plan to kill Peter after Easter. In Unger's Bible Dictionary, he declares that that use of the term Easter means Passover. It, according to Unger, it wasn't until the 8th century that humans began using Easter as a religious ceremony. And he says that Easter is actually meaning the goddess of spring. It's a pagan goddess ritual. It's not in the Bible to do this. It is not in the Bible to have religious holidays and religious feasts. That's just not in the New Testament at all. And we go by the New Testament being the New Testament church. You have to learn to prove your doctrine by the Bible, by the New Testament, through prayer. You basically 
have to prove the doctrine of your own church through the New Testament because so many churches today have changed portions of Scripture away from the Bible. For example, in Matthew 5.32, Jesus said, The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Is that what they teach at the church you're attending? I've never heard it taught at a church. I've seen weddings at church where pastors perform ceremonies marrying divorced men to divorced women. I have never seen this at church. I've never seen it taught at church, meaning I've never seen this scripture taught at church. The man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. This is because humans changed the doctrine away from the Bible because it would not be popular to say to the men, if you marry the divorced woman, you commit adultery. In fact, at churches everywhere, singles classes are set up so men and women can meet each other. It's like a Christian dating service. I have been propositioned for sex more by men in churches than I was ever propositioned by men of this world. I hope you will listen to sexual sins in the church. That's one of our recordings. The Lord's Supper is the eating and drinking of the Word of God. For example, I'll take you to a scripture that I began meditating on a few years ago. It's in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication Proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I spent several days thinking about this scripture, trying to think of applying it to my own life. Now, this is eating and drinking the Word of God. After about three days, I went to my neighbor's house, was visiting with them, and I wanted very much to say, and what do you think about the election? the presidential election in the United States, because it was very interesting that year. But I thought of this scripture. If I say this and ask this question, will it minister grace to these people? Or is it going to minister evil? I sat there and decided it would minister evil and not good. But oh, how I wanted to say that. It was so strong in me. I think that particular election was so intriguing 
that I watched it on about I watched things about it on the newscast and that got deeply inside of me. By doing this scripture, it was going to be uprooted if I could do the scripture. So I'm sitting there wanting to ask this, but all the time I'm wanting to ask this, I'm praying, God, please don't let me say this. I got up and left finally, and I did not ask them about the presidential election. That is eating and drinking the word of God. How do we avoid temptations? Well, temptations come along to each of us. But we are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, how to deal with those temptations. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Most of us recognize when we're being tempted. There is a way to escape. Here's what we do. If you don't want to do that temptation, pray. Just start praying. Pray silently if you're with other people. God, please don't let me do this. Please stop me. Or pray, please don't let me speak this. Please stop me from speaking this. I have prayed that so many times when I have been tempted. God has never let me do the thing that was tempting me, and he's never let me speak the words that I want to speak in the midst of the temptation. He has always stopped me. If you want to be stopped, you can be stopped. But if you want to go on into the sin, you can go into the sin. It is up to you. But if you really want to be stopped, you pray and ask God to stop you. If you are with other people at the time, you can pray silently. God, please don't let me say this. Please don't let me do this. God will never fail you when you really don't want to do the sin. Back to the subject of the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. The Apostle Paul says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood.
This do ye as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. This was sort of like a parable. He was saying what this really is. It is the New Testament. And as oft as you eat and drink the New Testament, do it in remembrance of me. But for those people who are very fleshly and can only see things by their flesh, there was the cup, the cup of wine in this case. In some of the Protestant churches, it's a cup of great, a little tiny glass of grape juice. But what Jesus is really speaking of is the Word of God, the New Testament. Every time you take the Word of God and eat it and drink it, do it in remembrance of Him. That's the spiritual way of viewing this. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. What does that mean? How do you ever know if you're worthy to eat a little bit of cracker or to drink a little serving of grape juice? How do you ever know if you're worthy? How do you examine yourself? You can't examine yourself by crackers and grape juice. But you can examine yourself if you're thinking of the Word of God being the, being the blood of Jesus Christ. If you, he, what Paul is really saying here is this. Let a man, man examine himself by the word of God, and so let him eat of the word of God and drink of the word of God, examining himself by the word of God. That's what Paul is actually saying. And then Paul says, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. There was a deacon in a Baptist church who did some concrete work for me in Clovis, New Mexico, when I lived there helping my mother after my father died. This man came into my house to discuss the concrete work with me. He's a deacon in a Baptist church. He began to talk to me about sex and how we needed sex. And he began to proposition me. I took a Bible and read 1 Corinthians chapter 6 to this man. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Paul said in that section of scripture of 1 Corinthians 6, What? You're going to take a harlot and make her a member of the body of Christ? For two saith he becometh one flesh. Paul is telling the men that even if you have sex with a prostitute, you become one flesh with that prostitute. Don't do it. Flee fornication. Flee fornication. 
This man had a wife. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. This man had a wife. He was a deacon in a Baptist church propositioning me. I told you there is a lot of sin in the churches, sexual sins. Well, he is eating and drinking the word of God unworthily. If he, When I read 1 Corinthians 6 to him, he wanted no more to do with me. But what if I had been a 15-year-old girl in the Baptist church where he's a deacon? Wouldn't I have been impressed by this man who was paying attention to me? Would I have really known to read the Bible to this deacon when he was propositioning me for sex? I was probably about 42 years old at the time this happened. And I knew to take the Bible and read it to this man. But what about your children? You think they are safe at church? We've heard of all of this horrible sexual abuse in the Catholic Church where young boys are abused by the ministers. In the Protestant churches, so often it's the ministers trying to have sex with young women. This is not an unusual scandal. One of the main things you have to do with your children is to teach them that at the time of sexual intercourse, the two people become one flesh. You can completely ruin your life if you do this before you're married. You will fragment yourself. And young men, I know some of you take pride in how many women you can conquer. But you are taking those women and making them a part of your own flesh. And it is a sin unlike any other sin. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So I warn you. And parents, you should warn your children. And use that section of scripture in 1 Corinthians 6. For the only thing that's strong enough, I think, to keep your children safe is the concept the Apostle Paul explained to the men, and that is, Know ye not? Even if you have sex with a prostitute, you become one flesh with that prostitute. Don't do it. That's 1 Corinthians 6. So to eat and drink the word of God worthily, you pay attention to what it says, and you do the word of God. But if you don't do it, and you eat and drink the Bible unworthily, you eat and drink damnation to yourself, not discerning the Lord's body. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.30, For this cause many of you are weak and sickly, and many die. Oh, I've seen so many weak people in churches. I don't know how they stand to sit there three times a week listening to the same thing over and over without any life in the word being spoken. 
because it's of the own, their own flesh of the minister so often. The word to have life has to be spoken by the Spirit of God. As I speak to you today, I knew the basic subject when I started talking. But I didn't have these scriptures where they were in sequence. After I finish this recording, I will sit down and listen to this entire recording and put each of these scriptures down in writing on our blog so you can see every scripture I have spoken and you can hear the recording again on our blog and follow along with the scriptures so it will reinforce you in the scriptures, in the way of God. Our blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Exhortations. Be sure and put that on that, Jesus Ministries, because there are several blogs that have Jesus Ministries as their title. Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side, you will see podcasts, recordings, and scriptures. And this is episode 13, The Lord's Supper. Reading once again from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. If you take these scriptures and fail to apply it to your life, and you eat and drink of it unworthily, and fail to do the scriptures, you bring damnation to yourself. For this cause many of you are weak and sickly, and many die. For if we would judge ourselves by the word of God, we should not be judged. If you will correct yourself by the scriptures, I won't have to correct you. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. The word of God is the Lord's Supper. You have to eat and drink the word of God properly or you bring damnation upon yourself. So when you are reading the Bible or you are hearing a message like this today, you have to take these scriptures and look at them closely and pray for God to open your eyes and to have mercy on you. For it is only God who can give us understanding. No man can make us understand. Only God can do that. This is Joan Boney speaking. I do thank you for letting me speak to you today. I remind you again, our blog Jesus Ministries Exhortation has all of these scriptures written out for you in this podcast. Go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations on the internet. Click on that. It will bring up our blog. On the right-hand side, click on Podcast episode and then pick click on episode 13 and you can see every scripture that I have spoken to you today. Thank you again for allowing me to speak to you.